the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. The book of Psalms has been a place that Christians have gone to so many times to find comfort and courage. And we're going to do that again today on Exploring the Word when the world seems uh, in turmoil. Uh, What a place to have to go. Uh, You know, He is our refuge. He is our strength, and we go to Him. So today, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Psalm 46. Alex, yesterday when we were just going through scriptures and giving uh, scriptures that strengthen and help us, you quoted Psalm 46, and I we were talking about what to do today, and uh, we, we've decided to look at that uh, full length, and I think there'll be courage and comfort in this passage, don't you? Well, you know, Bert, you and I have many times quoted uh, Peter, who said to Jesus, Lord, where else would we go because you have the words of eternal life? And we're living at a time when there's so much going on in the world, and, you know, people are concerned. I I just read another study last night about how so many people on search engines are, 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 are asking questions about God, and is there hope, and Uh, is there life after death? And so when we get into the Psalms, especially like Psalm 46, very, very famously, verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Um, The Word of God is, is the answer for all of life, the book of Psalms especially, uh, are words of comfort and reassurance. And uh, Bert um, has my goodness, uh, it seems like every day's news throws new and new developing situations around the world. We flee to that sanctuary of safety, solace, assurance, security, and that's the Lord, that's His Word, and you're right, the Psalms is is as good a place as any to start. And it's usually easy to find if you don't have a reference Bible that's got so much helps in the front or the back. You can turn it over. Did you do that as a child? They said, open your Bible in the middle, and you'll find Psalms. Yep, that was it. And we did, and I did it so many times, even as a teenager, uh, finding strength in Psalms in that turbulent time of teenage years. Uh, If there are some of the teenagers that's listening on your way home from school or you're listening, I want to tell you, you'll find strength in the book of Psalms. It will help you tremendously. Alex, one more thing I want to say before we start diving into this specific scriptures and look at them in greater detail is, uh, you know, I read an article where uh, Pat Robertson appeared on the 700 Club and shared how this fits into prophecy and going on. I just want to share, I, I thought of this, and I, I mean it. I remember so many people said, well, how does this fit in? How does this fit in? I may not know exactly how it fits in, but I know it fits in. You know, that gives me comfort as well. God is sovereign, and he is able to take, I think, well, let me just say it back up. Romans eight twenty eight lets us know that God takes all these things, and he will work them for good. Ultimately, God is going to work it for good. And I don't know how. I know the Ukrainian uh, people are suffering so much, but yet our God 
is able, isn't he? Amen. Hey, folks, I'm going to tell you the most important thing you'll ever need to know about Bible, Bible prophecy. Uh, the, the most important, most significant, most rock-solid thing you ever can possibly know about Bible prophecy, and it's this, that Jesus holds the believer in the palm of his hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And, and I love prophecy. Bert, you and I have taught at length on prophecy, and I appreciate the people that are gifted in that way, whether it be, you know, David Jeremiah or Pat Robertson or, or whomever. There are a lot of great teachers, uh, but it, it can get complicated. And let me just say this, folks. Um, prophecy is, is interesting and rewarding and very inspiring, but know this, Christ is coming. Christ is always victorious. The fallen systems of this world will be vanquished, and the kingdom of, of the Prince of Peace will be ushered in. But the greatest thing about present and future truth is that if you're a believer, you are cradled in the arms of Jesus. And that's why, you know, when Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble, therefore we will not fear Though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, uh, we we are secure in Christ. And Bert, um, have you ever been? You, you ever been out on boats at sea? Much? You ever been out? Uh, Not deep very sea much. I've been out in the you know close to shore, never out far. Yeah, and I love the water. Oh, my goodness, I love the ocean. But I will tell you, uh, a time or two I've been out on big fishing boat, boats that, you know, weigh tons. And when that, when that water wants to be stirred up, the, a, a ginormous boat is thrown around like, like a ping-pong ball, and it's, it's very unnerving. But you read these words here, though the, the waters be troubled and roar and the mountains shake, with the swelling thereof, we have comfort because uh, we're not trusting in the creation, but we're in the care of the Creator, and that is a great assurance. It is, and notice how it starts. God is our refuge, and it starts off in that psalm. It makes me think of the book of Hebrews. Hebrews is the only book in the Bible that starts off with God. Now, Genesis is close when it says, in the beginning, God, but in Psalms 46, God, and he is the driving one, and it can be translated, God is ours, Mm -hmm. resulting in a refuge and strength. In other words, because God is ours, he is our God, he loves us, he's shown himself to us, he's that refuge for us, he's that strength for us, And, and a very present help when alex in trouble have you ever i first person i ever heard say that was jack taylor he said in his life he's found out this he said i was either uh just coming out of trouble in trouble or about to get into trouble and he said troubles are a part of life they come they're like waves at the sea and and some they're constant but sometimes they're like a tsunami, and we referred to that yesterday. And so he is a very present help. And go to that when the waters roar, and and we he is a constant. Though the mountains shake, Alex, there it is. In the land or waters, he is the constant. He is the refuge. He's the strength, and we can depend mm-hmm. upon him. And that's is here's the question: 
Is God your God? Has there been a time in your mm. life when you turned away from self and turned to the Lord? Alex, uh, the, you know that question that Pilate asked, what would you have me to do with Jesus? Uh, that's the question we better answer. What will we do with Jesus? Let me suggest trust him with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. In everything in your life, acknowledge his right to rule and reign because he died on the cross for you. He rose again. He overcame our two greatest enemies, sin and death. Hallelujah, Amen. Alex. What a Savior. Hallelujah, what a Savior. And isn't it interesting, usually when you think of refuge, you think of a place and yet, when it comes to the, the life of a believer, it's a person. It's God. I remember when I was in elementary school, they told us, they said, you know, if, if a tornado comes, you know, get, get in the hallway or get in a bathroom, you know, or get in a basement if you can and go to a place. Uh, but when there's trouble, when there's disaster, when there's, you know, imminent danger, our refuge is not a what but a who. It's, it's not a where but a who? It's God. God is our refuge and strength. Now, I've always loved, I think it is so poetic. Uh, verses 4 and following says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High, God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. Um, Bert, I always love those words. It says, Abraham, you know, when God called him out of Ur, the Chaldees, said, Abraham... Uh, called, not knowing where he was going, for he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And Psalm 46 here talks about the city of God, and there's a beautiful river there called the River of Life, and the streams of this river bring joy and gladness. But here's the thing, um, Abraham looked for a city which truly had foundations. There's no city down here that really has foundations. Do you know what I mean, Burke? You're right. You're right. And Alex, if I, I we didn't do, go over this. I think it's a good time for it. This is probably, possibly, and most of the people that I read uh, believe that the same writer wrote Psalm 47, 48, and uh, four, excuse me, 46, 47, and 48. And most folks think it may have been not King David, but a ancestor or a, a protege of his in heritage, a great, 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 great grandson called Hezekiah. And it's taken place uh, with Isaiah telling King Hezekiah that God is going to take care of him when the Assyrians are coming in. They'd already overtaken the northern kingdom, and that looked like they were taking over the southern kingdom. And God said, I'm going to take care of you. The next day, they woke up in 185,000 Assyrian soldiers lay dead and their and their swords and bows by their side that God brought confusion and he took care of them and he would write this and he'd say God is our refuge in strength but then he'd talk about that city and his talk, and they were in Jerusalem so I think you're right he looked beyond the city of Jerusalem to the city of I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it the new Jerusalem not completely but I'm using that as a metaphor and whose maker is God so Alex uh, I really do believe uh, Psalm 46 has so much historical reference to it about the deliverance of God and it fresh on the heart and mind of Hezekiah and, and, and I think that speaks loudly to us that at the most desperate times of our lives, when the waters are roaring, the mountains are shaking, 
that the river whose stream shall make glad is the city of God, his peace, he's the refuge, his strength. It all comes from him, doesn't it? It really does. It really does. And folks, if you're just tuning in, this is Exploring the Word. Bert and I are in Psalm 46. And with the headlines of the world and all that's going on around the world, we are reflecting on the great security and reassurance that we have in our relationship with the Lord. Well, it talks about uh, the city of God. And by the way, in uh, of course, it's just assumed it, it's a real place. And it is. And, you know, we've often said a real Savior died on a real cross, put there with real nails in his hands and his feet to pay our our guilt, which was real. And listen, Jesus will save you for a real, actual destination. Heaven is real. And, and we believe by faith, of course. We put our trust in Jesus. But, Bert, I want to just remind everybody, this is reality. When the Bible talks about a prepared place for prepared people, I mean, this is not pie in the sky. This is reality. And in fact, I would say that, you know, First John 2 says, love not the world because the world is passing away. The greatest reality, the most real reality in your life is all that you have in Jesus. Amen. You know, uh, th- this world, much as we appreciate it, much as we are invested in this life, and I understand that, but look, this world is so temporal. In a, in a, a way, Bert, is it fair to say that um, the next world is more real than this world? It is true. This world is passing away, but he who does the will of God, we're going to live eternally in his place that he has prepared for us. We're going to come back and we're going to finish Psalm 46. It's going to be a blessing to you. And so get your Bibles ready and let's look at the rest of Psalm 46. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Jennifer Granholm, the United States Secretary of Energy. Secretary Granholm leads the department that deals with policies regarding our country's energy and nuclear material. Corinthians 9.8 reminds us that the Lord blesses us with resources. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Secretary Granholm as she helps manage our country's energy supplies. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 prayer guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now at pausetopray.org. Prayer is a privilege designed to connect us with the creator of the universe. But Dr. Tony Evans says many people treat it as an obligation instead of an opportunity. He'll share a personal example today as we spend two minutes with Tony. We say grace because it's the prelude to a meal. I remember growing up in Baltimore, and Sunday was guaranteed there would be fried chicken on Sunday. And of course, my father would call us to the table, and he would say, now let us pray. We're supposed to pray before we eat. But I and my brother always prayed with one eye open. My favorite piece of the chicken is the chicken thigh. So we both love thighs, and thighs would typically be at the top of the big plate of chicken. 
So while heads were bowed and eyes were closed, and as we saw or heard our father getting toward the end of the prayer, we, we knew when he was moving toward amen, our hand would rise up off the table in order to be the first one to grab the top two thighs. We tolerated prayer to introduce what we were really going after. Many Christians tolerate prayer without any real relational meaning tied to it. We're fulfilling a role, a job description, but not pursuing a relationship through communication. Learn why prayer is intended to be two-way communication and how it can help you grow closer to Christ. Check out Tony's CD series, The Lord's Prayer, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. It's been said that out of a mountain of despair, Jesus is our rock of hope, and indeed he is. It's uh, Exploring the Word. We're in Psalm 46. Bert Harper, Alex McFarland, so glad you're with us. And Bert, you know, when it talks about, uh, we were, before the break, we said that, you know, the heaven is more real than this world. Uh, And I'll tell you why. In verse 5, it says, God is in the midst of her, the holy city. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. I like how the the old King James renders that, that, you know, God will help her. And it means just at the break of dawn, listen, his mercies are new every morning. Every day the sun comes up, you may be assured, friend, that the Lord is on his throne and God is there for you. But um, i got to tell you, the heavenly city will suffer no invasions. The heavenly city will never be in danger of overthrow. And the king will uh, forever uh, preside over his kingdom. That's the city I want to be a citizen of. Amen. And it's for eternity. We will be with him. And uh, everybody talks about heaven. I know it's a beautiful place, but the best part of it, Jesus is on the throne. And uh, I I think it was Spurgeon that said, you know, uh, in heaven, uh, you know, that's the whole issue of Jesus being on the throne. But we can have a little bit of heaven if he's on the throne of our lives down here. We can have that peace. We can have understanding. We can have the hope and knowledge of God. So we're praying that you have that today, that Christ is real to you. There's been a time in your life when you surrendered your life to him and said, Lord, I give up on myself. I'm tired of doing things my way, of wanting it my way. I want you, Lord, of my life, and I'm asking you to come into my life. As you died on the cross so my sins could be forgiven, you rose again so that I could have life and eternal life. Father, I trust you. I pray you've done that. If you haven't, I pray that you will. And there's a number you can call that if you need help, need someone to talk with and pray with, triple eight need him, triple eight need him. And there's someone there that will pray with you and help you. And Alex, the rest of that about being in the midst in verse five, God shall help her just as you said. 
at the break of the dawn, the turning of the morning. Uh, now, this is amazing because I raising three sons, Jan and I, uh, we had some sleepless nights with fever, uh, you know, difficulty, health, you know, nothing severe, but we had those nights. And I'm just telling you, you could not wait to the breaking of the day. You know, oh, yeah. uh, that night was long. And here, notice, uh, God shall help her just at the break of dawn. After the troublesome times and after the difficulty, the breaking of the day, that sun coming up, and you see it, and it brings a new day, new hope, uh, clarity. And, Alex, uh, you know, now think about it. If this was the case with Hezekiah, and having all of the armies of the Assyrians, uh, if you read that in, in Isaiah 36 and 37, 2 Kings 18 and 19, you'll find out that, that I mean, they had already defeated just about everything. And uh, Zenarab, I think is how you say his name, he said, I Good, just want to, yeah. Yeah, tell you, the gods, and he lists about five or six different areas or regions or villages that he had overthrown and he said their gods didn't help them you think your god will help you and hezekiah sent word to isaiah and isaiah said to him you better believe it god is there so i i yeah. when i understand what hezekiah was where he was and what he was going through and he was talking about the help coming at the break of the day he got up after having 185,000-plus Assyrians surrounding him, ready to take Jerusalem, and he gets up the next morning, and they have been defeated, and they're going back. That it, is the, that is, that's the context of the breaking of the day. Well, amen. And, you know, this is not nearly uh, as good a comparison, but uh, where I live down south, we often have ice storms. And let me tell you, if you've got trees near your house— you know, the thought of a, a tree breaking and landing on the roof in an ice storm, it, it's frightening. And that happened one time years, 30 years ago. We had a tree fall on the house in an ice storm. Uh, not fun. And let me tell you, there have been times, and it seems like, Bert, when you have these bad ice storms, it's very, 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 very windy. Okay. And there have been times I have prayed till the sun ri would rise, you know, and... Uh, when the, the sun rises and the wind stops and you know you've made it through a, a rough, dangerous night, what a blessing it is. Well, do you know what? One day, and Malachi talks about uh, the day star arising. One day, Jesus is going to come, and all of the centuries of, of darkness and sin and violence and danger and just evil, it's vanquished. And we're going to see that the king has come, and his kingdom is, is real. Now, really, in a way, and I know we've got to move on, Bert, but i got to say, there's some contrasts. Okay, verse 2, you've got an earth that's unstable, and you've got mountains that are going to slide into the sea. And verse 3, you've got waters that are troubled and roaring, and mountains that are shaking and swelling. But on the other hand, in 4 and 5, you've got a city and the waters are not destructive, but the waters nurture the, the river of life. The streams make glad the city of God. Um, you've got a city that's on a stable foundation because of God. It, uh, verse 5, it will not be moved. And so that's really the contrast between the temporal and the eternal, the fallen and the righteous, uh, the world that is passing away and the world that is eternal. 
And what Jesus is offering you when he says, you know, come unto me all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Uh, Whosoever will may come. Isaiah 55, you know, uh, come take of the water of life, eat the bread that truly satisfies. In a way, Bert, Christianity, it, it is, you know, saved versus lost. It is redeemed versus unsaved. But in a way, God is inviting us to what is stable, blessed, and eternal, as opposed to what is unstable, cursed, and temporary. Amen, Alex. And and it is true. And I, I think verse 6 kind of puts it in a context. And honestly, uh, verse 6 brings this psalm up to date. I mean, right now. Kind of a transition. Here. It is. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. God, he uttered his voice, and the earth melted. The power of God. <laughs> Again, look at that. This was the Assyrians at this time, the Egyptians. Who would they? They were defeating everybody, and, uh, you know, they were raging, and it was horrible. And, and the psalmist Hezekiah knows. Uh, he uttered, notice this. He, this is past tense. He's, this is a testimony. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. Mm. When the nations were raging, the kingdoms were moving against them. They were trying to surround them. They'd already taken several of the cities, coming to Jerusalem. And here it says, he uttered his voice, the earth melted. That's the power of our God, Alex. Mm. Isn't that something? I mean, listen, he spoke it into existence, and he can call down judgment on it as well. And that's what uh, we need right now. I mean, the nations are raging right now. Our confidence, yeah, yeah we, we need to have a good diplomacy. We need to uh, to be tied in to helping one another. But our really, our help comes from the Lord, doesn't it? It, it really does. It really does. And let me just say, folks, um, there there's the voice of God. I mean, if, if the Lord from heaven were to, to shout at planet Earth, no doubt the whole wide world would stop in stark, motionless acknowledgement. But I want to tell you, God is speaking, and it's through the pages of His eternal Word. It's through the church. It's through uh, witnesses. And yes, one day, uh, God is go- we're going to hear the voice of God, we're going to hear the trumpet of God. But I want to tell you, God is speaking right now. And when you read the Bible, uh, you are reading the Word of God. The voice of God is Scripture. Believe it. And that's why, you know, whether it's the call for salvation, the call to repent from sin, uh, the Bible makes promises, the Bible issues warnings. The Bible says uh, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin will be a destruction. Let me tell you, any nation, the United States, we cannot disregard the Lord and think that there won't be some repercussions. Because God, as much as we long to hear the voice of the king, come up hither, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. I want to tell you, you want to hear the voice of God? Open your Bible. Because God is speaking through his word. Amen. And he speaks in verses 7 and 11. They're exactly the same. Let's get to them. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. What a statement. The Lord of hosts the host is talking about the armies of the Lord, the angel of the Lord. That's but right. this is not just them. This is the Lord of the host. Uh, 
Jesus is leading them, Alex, and, and, and that shows you his divine power. And it says, the Lord of hosts is with us. Let me see. What does Emmanuel mean? God with, God us. with us. Here it is. Yeah. The Lord of hosts in all of his divine power is where? With us. Now, and then the, the second line of that or in the third statement concerning God, the God of Jacob is our refuge. This is a little bit different refuge than the one mentioned in in verse one, uh, this is a constant. Uh, this is a constant place of of refuge. The refuge you look at verse one. He is our like Jesus. You said he is our refuge. He's our rock. Here it is. Uh, he's our safety. He is where we go. But the God of Jacob is referring to the covenant relationship. Here we are. The divine power of God with all of His might is with us. And he has a covenant relationship with us. Now, that was with Israel. I understand that. But it's with God's people. God, we have those of you who are followers of Jesus Christ, those Christians that are in Ukraine right now, the Christians that are in Russia right now trying to say, we don't need to do what our leaders is telling the army to do. And, and God is with them. The God of all power is with us. And he's in covenant relationship with those who are who have chosen him as their Savior. What a promise this comes from, Alex. Well, amen. Amen. It says in verse 8, Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he has made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in sunder. In other words, in two. He burns the chariot in fire. Okay, 8 and 9, again, is reminding us God is in control. In other words, take note of this. Now, Desolations, when you think of something desolate or, or, you know, wiped clean or destroyed, you think, well, wait a minute, God's the creator and the savior. Yes, he is, but he's also the one that can put a stop to evil things. And, Bert, I think right now in the time in which we live, there, there are a few desolations in the earth that I wish the Lord would do right now today even. Um, the, the lies of evolution, uh, immorality, godlessness, so the lies of revisionist history, the lie that socialism and progressive Marxism has ever improved the lives of anybody. There, there's some in the areas of worldview and false philosophies. There's some desolations I'm praying for the Lord to enact these days. Amen. And that again, you're talking about contrast in place of the works of the Lord. That's what they're trying to replace it with. It's called repla replacement history, replacement mm -hmm. theology, the whole idea mm -hmm. of that. But notice what you do. You stay with the works. Behold the works of the Lord. Look what he has done for us as an individual. Look what he's done for families, your marriage. Look what he's done in the church, our church. Look what he's done through the church through the ages. Look what he's done for our countries. In particular, we would say in the United States, our country. So major on those works and what Satan does, he gets her eyes off of him and gets them on the things that you were talking about that need to be desolated, Alex. And mm -hmm. so that's what they've done in order to change the focus. And, and the focus is on destruction rather than the p power and peace of God. You know, we've got a dear friend. She's went, went to be with the Lord four or five weeks ago, Lydia Bowman. She was uh, one of the very first, maybe the first, full-time worker with Child Evangelism Fellowship 
a great, great woman of God, used to be the piano player for Vance Havner. Mm. And Lydia Bowman would always pray, and she would say, uh, and we had many incredible times of prayer together. She was 103, I think, died in January. But she would say, Lord, rule and overrule. And, and I, Bert, I'm glad when I read about this, the, the works of the Lord building up, the desolations, the things God can overrule. I'm glad our God can overrule. He can make wars to cease, verse 9. We ought to pray that. So here's, here's the summation. This is, you know, every, every message has a, what we call a, a call to action. So what do we do? Verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Bert, how do we, when, you know, life is a challenge or maybe even somebody listening might be in what, what is a crisis even, how do we, how do we get still and, and remember that he is God? The first thing you do is come into his presence. He says, draw near to me. I will draw near to you. God desires that. And so here, notice all the action that's going on, all the action, the rivers, the, the earth. And he says, come aside and be still. What would Jesus do when in the midst of all the people wanting him to heal them, in the midst of the apostles wanting to ask him questions? He many times would draw aside to be by himself. Have that place in your mind, and a place physically helps too. And know that I am God. This word know has more than just head knowledge, Alex. This is consumed by it. I know that I know that I know that I know. You can know that. We're going to take phone calls in the last segment. That phone number is 888-589-8840. We'd love to hear from you today on Exploring the Word. AFR is the voice of reason. American Family Radio's Spring share is April 19th through the 21st. An inspiring part of share is hearing how God is using American Family Radio. It's a lifeline for me during the day. Please take a moment to share how God has used AFR in your life. Call now at 877-876-8893. That's 877-876-8893. The war continues in Ukraine, Russia invading. And it's been our conversation for a lot of days on Haven Today to talk about prayer. Would you join me this week for a series called Lord, Teach Us to Pray? Haven Today, weekday mornings at 4.30 Central on American Family Radio. Listen online at AFR.net. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. In Paul's first letter to Timothy, he expressed his awe, wonder, and amazement at the inexhaustible grace and mercy of God in that he saw fit not only to regenerate Paul, but to also find him worthy for appointment to gospel ministry. Paul knows his history as a blasphemer and a terrorist who sought to destroy the way of Christ following. 
He stands as a witness to the fact that no one, and I mean no one, is beyond the grace of God. Keep praying for your unsaved loved ones. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with a minute in God's Word to help you keep moving forward. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him. An 80-year-old golfer with failing eyesight was paired with a 90-year-old golfer with perfect vision who would be his spotter. On the first tee, the 80-year-old hit the ball, and he asked the 90-year-old partner, where did it go? After a moment, his 90-year-old partner said, well, I saw it, but I can't remember. Many people won't believe what they can't see, but Jesus calls us to faith in him, though we have not seen him. One day soon, our faith will be made sight. But until that time, we have God's Word and the Holy Spirit to help us rejoice in things that we cannot yet see. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. But he saves the poor from the sword of their mouth and from the hand of the strong. So the helpless has hope and injustice has shut its mouth. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. We rest in the arms of Jesus, come what may. Alex McFarland, Bert Harper here. And the number is 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We want your calls and your Bible questions. Bert, I do want to mention to everybody, the Cove is coming up. I was there last week, and I talked to some of the um, staff. I'm going to be there July 8th through 10. And they said, uh, I think at this point, there may be 150 people signed up, and we can double that. We can go to about 300. And folks, if you've never been to the Cove, or maybe you have, the, the scenery is breathtaking. The accommodations are just wonderful. The food is amazing. Uh, the, but the best parts, the fellowship, meeting people from all over North America, praying, experiencing the presence of God. I'll be teaching the book of First Peter. We'll talk about apologetics, biblical worldview. But uh, consider coming to The Cove, July 8th through 10. Their website is thecove.org, T-H-E-C-O-V-E, thecove.org, and you can find my name on there. And Bert... Uh, it's kind of like a weekend of revival. I mean, we just seek the Lord, and uh, it blesses my heart when people say uh, maybe they came to the COVID decade ago and it changed their life, and I believe God's going to change a lot of lives this summer as we're up there July 8 through 10. What an opportunity it is for those of you that can go and hear Alex and be at the Cove. I pray you will do that. It will bless you. You'll get a double blessing. I just share that. Well, let's go to the phone lines, and I want to go to Mary in Kansas. I saw, Mary, what you wanted to do, and that was on my heart as well. But welcome, Mary. Yes, I would like you to say the prayer because you do it so much more beautiful than me. But I just want the people to remember when Israel was surrounded in 67, I think, and they won 
because of God, because they only had an eighth of what their enemy has. And we've got to pray that these Ukraine people will get their supplies in and that the enemy will never find that last route. One mile will become a thousand miles. So if you can say a prayer for that, I would really appreciate it. Thank we, you, and God bless you. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. And we're going to try to do this every Exploring the Word while we can pray for them. And, Alex, uh, I, I just I'm overwhelmed. Thank you, Mary. You said it so beautifully, mm. and I agree with you. How many times we talked about it today with Hezekiah when a lesser force defeated a greater force. It is history, the Bible. So, Alex, would you pray as Mary's requested us to do so? Let's do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the reality of prayer. And, Lord, like we've read about in Psalm 46, you are our strength. Lord, we have no one but you. Lord Jesus, you are our refuge, our safety. Lord, I, I, we give you glory how you preserved Israel in 1967, and they were attacked unprovoked uh, and have been many times. And our heart breaks for the Ukraine, uh, and we know there are a lot of Christians there, a lot of missionaries are there. And so, Lord, we continue to pray for your intervention. And, Lord, we pray that uh, Putin will be overruled. Um, we pray that any dictators and despots around the world will, will take note that God, God does intervene. And so, Lord, please, uh, we do pray for our nation and our world and Europe that you would uh, spread truth, security, freedom, liberty, Lord, so that we could serve you and fulfill your great commission. So bless those Ukrainian people. Protect them. Lord, vanquish the darkness and the evil, promote that which is good. And Lord, we commit our world to you once again today and ourselves to you as well. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, Alex. And thank you, Mary, for reminding us to pray. Appreciate it so much. Let's go to Mississippi and talk to Michael. Michael, welcome. Hey, guys. I appreciate everything y'all do, and I'll, I'll try to keep this short. Um, it's been on my heart since last sun, uh, last summer uh, I was in Nashville for the SBC uh, convention, and um, there's a lot of concern and things going on within the SBC. And I just wanted to say this is a time where we need to come together and, and be more active than less active. There's a lot of people calling for let's stop sending money, and there's a lot of people calling for division. And this is, this is when you have, you know, serpents attack and, and, and space of weakness. And I just call for anybody who's listening – if they're a part of a church that's a member of the SBC, we need to send members to Anaheim. We need to make sure our voice is heard and that we retain the organization that we have. And I just wanted to say that. Michael, mm. thank you. You're talking to two guys that are part of the Southern Baptist Convention. I've been a part of it since I was saved as a 12-year-old boy. Alex, you've been a part of it since you were in ministry, and, and we mm -hmm. do want to pray. And I, I just want to say we need to come on the side of Scripture. We stand in the Word of God. Uh, there, there are certain things that, oh, it's a matter of interpretation. Well, concerning, you know, future events, yeah, that can be some. But, Alex, I'm just telling you, the Word of God is plain on salvation. It's plain on marriage. It's plain on gender. It's plain on the—let <laughs> me just put it this way. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. There's one race, and it's the human race. And we don't need the division that is being caused by 
by teaching critical race theory and all those other things and white privilege, we just, listen, do unto others as they would do unto you. That would take away of any of the privilege, and that's where we stand. I, I'm preaching on that, Alex, but we do uh, need to pray. Come on, preach on it. Yeah, uh, let me well, lead you, to pray. Yeah. make your comment. Let me. We can pray again for this. I want to. Go ahead, Alex. Well, yeah, uh, the most disastrous thing that any denomination could ever do, and several major American denominations have done this, but the most disastrous thing that any church or denomination could do is decide to abandon the Word of God for the trends of the moment. And look, wh- whether it's, you know, climate change or, or critical race theory or socialism or dealing with homosexuality and transgenderism and moral issues. Listen, we are not called to conform to the times or conform to the world. We are called to conform to Christ and His Word. So to the SBC, uh, which in times past has had great missions programs and a lot of good things, to the SBC and any denomination, we say, stand on the Word of God, stand on the Word, that's what we must do. Amen. Father, I thank you for Michael's concern. I thank you for his call. And the reason it's so important with the Southern Baptist Convention, it's the largest evangelical denomination in America. And, and Father, uh, we have stood for righteousness. We have corrected some of the things that was wrong in the founding. But, Father, that hasn't hindered us from going forward, getting forgiveness and moving forward. I thank you for that. And we have touched more lives because of the mission effort. We have educated some. And I pray for the seminaries that they would be founded on the Word of God, teaching the Word of God as the Word of God, and that it is authoritative, uh, it is real, it's inerrant. And, Father, I pray that we would come together and say, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And just go with what he said concerning uh, marriage, what he said concerning male and female. Go with what Jesus said concerning helping those and, Father, the widows and the orphans. And I, I pray that we would go with the Word of God, what it says about life. And, and Father, I pray we would stand for you and stand in love and uh, that in a world gone mad that we would hold up the standard, the banner over us, would be love, the love of Christ that causes men and women to come unto him, getting right in their lives and following you, Father. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank amen, you, Michael, amen. for your request. Let's go to Amy in North Carolina. Amy? Hi, yes, thank you. I love you guys. Thank God for everything that's been said today. I'll make it quick. Thank Bless you, you. Um, Alex, for the whole, that overruling um, that resonated with me. So um, I mm. just wanted to say that I am um, calling because I wanted prayer too for my son-in-law and my daughter. They're both uh, been in the uh, U.S. Air Force for 16 years. They are opting out of the vaccine and they are um, right now looks like being forced out. They are appealing um, the exemption and we're waiting to see where that is going to go. But when you said that God can overrule these rules, and I look at all of these injustices that are taking place right now, it's like war all around us in so many different areas of life. And even with Ukraine this morning, I was praying for them, and I was surprised that I I was crying so like they were my people. 
And I thought about, mm. we are the body of Christ. We are all one. And I felt that thing so strongly, it surprised me. But I just um, want you. prayer for them to be able to stand. They felt like the Lord said, no, don't do it. And they're looking at losing all of their benefits. They were both looking at retiring in four years. They had children, just bought a new home. But just to know that the uh, military would strip them, you know, of these things. And I'm looking at this and saying, Father, what do you say? Well, what do you say? So, Amy, we're going to be praying. People write the name Amy and her son and daughter. It's your son and daughter-in-law, right, Amy? My my daughter and son-in-law. Oh, your daughter and son-in-law. That, that, I, we want to pray for them. And right now, with the CDC dropping what they've done and others dropping, there is no need for the medical and military to have that. I'm making that statement. So we're going to be praying for that, Amy. Alex, you want to say comment concerning this? Well, sister, thank you. And, and listen, our heart is with you. And I, I know how you feel about the, the Ukrainian people. And we do, we do feel like we're family and we, we care. And yes, uh, we will continue to pray for your family, and uh, uh, is it daughter and son-in-law? That's right. That's what yeah. she said, yeah. And like, like like my friend in heaven now said, that God would rule and overrule, because that's, he can. That's our prayer. Amen. Thank you, Amy. And let them know that we've got a whole nation of a Bible study group praying for them. Uh, that, that should encourage them. We are. Okay, let's go to Arkansas and talk to David. David, welcome. Thank you. It's great to talk to you. Good to hear from you, man. I appreciate you guys more than I can say. Listen, I'm, I'm with you guys 100% about praying for the Ukrainian people, but uh, I did some mission work in Russia, and what a lot of people don't understand is the Russian people are, the average Russian person is a, just a wonderful, wonderful person, and they their needs are just like ours. And uh, I'm really concerned for my brothers and sisters in Christ and my dear friends in Russia and what this war is going to do to them because of all the sanctions being put on them. And I'd like to ask that we pray for them as well. Amen. David, Mm -hmm. thank you, man. Alex, I was reading about this, the number of citizens that are taken to the streets knowing the repercussions that have happened to them in St. Petersburg. Because they don't want this war. They don't want this war. And, you know, they, they they got different names for different things. And they called, I think it was the War of 1812, the Madison, President Madison's War. Well, this, mm-hmm. is, this is Putin's war. It is. It's not really. Uh, there's an article, an alert that comes out for us to pray for, for Ukraine. And uh, it was talking about the uh, Vladimir Putin's military machine. And it is more than just the Russian. And I agree with you. So pray for them. Alex, one thing hit me, and, and I want you to comment real quick. I, I thought it, when he's talking about the, the sanctions hurt, hurting the uh, Russian people, you know, uh, pray that it would hurt those that are in charge and to a great extent. And God would send some ravens. And some uh, and some uh, brooks that that would water and feed the the believers there that are in Russia and help them out even during this period of time, you know, to help those yeah. common people that are that are against what's taking place. I know uh, our listeners have a lot of discernment, don't they, to, to think about these things? They do. David, thank you. Appreciate you so much. 
We're going to go to one more caller, and it's Doug in Mississippi. Doug, welcome. How y'all doing this, this afternoon? Well, we're doing well, brother. How about you? I pray y'all doing well. I'm doing well myself. Good. I just had a quick question. I know y'all getting. Uh, can y'all elaborate on the the woman that's mentioning? And I'll hang up and listen to y'all. Thank you very okay. much. Okay, Alex, answer. the woman in Revelation, uh, the harlot. I bet. Uh, I'm just taking a guess on that, Alex. Oh yeah, I I would think so. Well, um. And, you know, uh, the whore of Babylon is who this is in uh, Revelation 17 through 18. So um, Babylon is generally thought of as the the world system, you know, whether it's uh, economic, political. And the woman is the false church, just as the bride of Christ is the true church, uh, the the true bride of Christ. But the, the harlot is this global religion. Uh, a worldwide, one-world religion, one-world economic system, one-world. So it's, in a way, it's separate, but they coalesce into this one great thing that is everything anti-God, anti-Christian, anti-gospel. And so um, that that's pretty much, in as much as we can squeeze in in the time we have left, that the, the harlot is the false religious system that Satan has been incrementally building on for centuries. He has. Hey, we haven't got a lot of time, but I don't know if people's heard, we have share coming up in April, and we're collecting listener stories, testimonies. And if AFR, especially for Alex and me exploring the word listeners, have been blessed, we would love for you to call for a minute or two-minute testimony. You can call. Write this number down, 877 877- 876-8893-877-876-8893. Share your testimony, what God has done in your life, and use an AFR to bless you. Alex, mm. I look forward to tomorrow as we gather again around the Word of God, brother. Indeed, folks, thanks for listening. Tell somebody about the great programming of the American Family Radio Network. Tell them about exploring the Word most of all as we pray. Please tell someone about Jesus.